Mama made me mash my M&M's. Oh, wait. Um, which wrist watch is a Swiss <laughs> wrist watch? Is that a real um, vocal exercise? Yes. Two tall timbers were found in the Wimbers of the Wimberly place. Is that a Thomasville one? No. It sounds like a Thomasville That sounds like Thomasville made that up. Probably. I don't know. The one my mom <laughs> always did was, Betty Botter bought a bit of butter, but she said this butter's bitter. If I put it in my batter, it will make my batter bitter. So Betty Botter bought a bit of better butter to make her bitter batter better. Welcome to episode 79 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by regular podcast contributors Rebecca Arwood and Hunter McClendon. This is our fourth installment of Love It or Loathe It, and today we'll be chatting about All Is Not Forgotten by Wendy Walker. Hey guys. Hi. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Good to be back. Um, we are chatting about yet another thriller, I guess, suspense mm-hmm. novel, All Is Not Forgotten, which came out a couple of weeks ago, and we all read it as an advanced reader copy, so we kind of got to read it, technically, we're even recording this yes. <laughs> months in advance, um, but we were able to read it. Um, actually, the publishing company must have really been pushing this novel because I think we got three advanced reader copies mm-hmm. at the store, so mm-hmm. we didn't have to even loan this one around. Yeah. Um, and Rebecca, because I think you did your homework, um, why don't you fill us in on the plot synopsis of All Is Not Forgotten? All right, so the story starts out with um, the Kramer family, and Jenny is their daughter. She's about 15, and um, this one's a little bit rough. She is viciously raped, and then um, the story kind of revolves around her treatment afterwards. There's this experimental new treatment that um, is supposed to help reduce PTSD by reducing your brain's ability to retain the memories. So... She doesn't really remember what happened, and the book deals with the fallout of that. Um, it was a little bit rough, I thought. Like, mm-hmm. in terms of the first, I guess the first couple of chapters when we're listening to her kind of recount her yeah. rape, that was some tough content, I thought. So this is not for... The faint of heart. No. no. There's some heavy content here. Um, it was reminiscent. Did either of you read Defending Jacob? Mm-mm. I think actually that's what people are going to compare this to because um, Defending Jacob is an excellent book. I'm trying to remember the author. William Landay, I think. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, it's fantastic. I really loved it. Quick read. Actually, our, I think the former manager of the bookshelf really loved it and kind of hand-sold it to people in Thomasville. Um, it's a suspense revolving around a kid who's been accused of a crime and his father is a defense attorney and has to defend him kind of thing. Um, Really interesting, really well written, um, really compelling stuff. This was reminiscent of that to me because there's a lot of family drama that kind Mm -hmm. of goes on. Um, Also, actually now that I'm thinking about it, kind of like um, Everything I Never Told You by Mm -hmm. Celeste Ng. I think there are some similar elements there. Um, Though that I think might have been a little more literary. Um, Hunter, what did you think about this one? Um, <clears throat> I kept going back and forth because I really like... I, I appreciate books on a sentence level, and this book did not give me that. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't... It wasn't poorly written, but it wasn't really well written either. Right. And um, I enjoyed reading it. I, I liked it up until a certain point, and, um, and then by the end I was just kind of like, meh. 
on a scale, I definitely think this one falls into the more commercial category than mm -hmm. literary. Yeah. And so you're right. The sentence for sentence, this is not beautiful prose that no. we're talking about here. No. Um, but commercially, I bet it's going to have some appeal. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, Rebecca, what about you? What do you think? I had mixed feelings about this one because I, I do think there were some interesting choices the author made, especially in using kind of this mysterious narrator that really isn't introduced until about a third of the way in. Yeah. That's when you find out that he is the family therapist and that he's been called in mm -hmm. to assist in the family's recovery. Um, so there were aspects of the book that I appreciated, but I'm not sure I could say that I liked the book. Mm -hmm. uh, it, was a, it was a hard read. It was yeah. rough. Um, some tough subject matters. I think for me, we were talking before we hit record kind of about what we often take away from books and we were all saying we struggle with names. Like that's what, before, <laughs> when, whenever we record one of these, we're all kind of Googling like, okay, who are the main characters in this one again? <laughs> um, Rebecca, you mentioned that you really mentioned, you really remember plot lines mm -hmm. and plot points, story. Um, I didn't remember a ton from this book. I read it several weeks ago. But what I very distinctly remember is the narration. Because mm -hmm. that, I think, is by far the most original aspect of this book. I agree. Mm -hmm. And I think that works in the book's favor up to a point. Um, I really liked that you're kind of reading... At first it drove me nuts because I was like, who is this? Oh, who is narrating this? Um, and then you're right, Rebecca, about a third of the way through you realize... I mean, it's made pretty clear he's the therapist or the psycho analyst who's kind of taking care of her and walking her through her therapy um i are we how are we going to do spoilers because this one so much of what i think about this book has to do with the ending i don't know i want to well real before we go to spoilers okay before, before I do we have, do okay. good we're talking about some other things because a lot of what i have to say has to do with the end of this book um i feel like because Sybil is actually one of my favorite books and movies and characters and everything and um the book is actually told from the point of view and the movie um, is narrated by her therapist. Mm -hmm. um, but this, and I, and I, when I first started reading it, I first realized that I thought that was interesting. Um, but this actually does veer off a lot from that. It doesn't like because I know um, actually a lot of people on Goodreads compared compared the narration to that at the, for the first like once the, the first couple pages when you first realize who it is. Okay. But this is nothing like that. This is definitely um, a, th a it's a thriller like it is, and I did not predict the ending. I did not either. And I do, I am happy I didn't predict the ending. Mm -hmm. I was not happy with the ending, <laughs> but I am not, I didn't predict it. And I, I, I yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I will say one of the things that I appreciated about the story is that it didn't just deal with how this traumatic event affected Jenny. It affects her entire family. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated how, like, it zeroed in on how the individual parents dealt with it and how it affected their relationship with each other and their relationship with their kids. And so I thought it had a well-rounded perspective there. And also kind of one of the overarching points of the story is that it's better to remember because yeah. your body still responds to the trauma even if you can't, like, mentally kind of put your finger on what happened. And so mm -hmm. I liked this whole perspective of, no, we don't need to avoid the issue. We need to process the issue. Yeah. I really, actually, did you guys read the little author's note or something toward the back? I'm assuming it'll be in the final print version as well. Mm -hmm. But I really appreciated it because at the very end of this advanced reader copy or galley that we got, 
it, it talks about where Wendy Walker got her idea for this mm-hmm. book was real therapy treatments yes. that, right. are, that are kind of breaking ground and addressing PTSD, specifically in soldiers. Mm-hmm. And that, that issue is specifically addressed in yeah. the book. Um, somebody else kind of undergoing therapy at the same time as Jenny. And... I, so that was intriguing to me, and actually I thought immediately of one of our customers, I don't know that she will want to read this book, but one of our customers loves reading a book and then researching things revolving around the book, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, this would be a fun one after you're done reading it to yeah. research this type of therapy and how it works and how, or how it doesn't work, you know, it, or kind of its, it's after it's effects. Potential fallout. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was a really unique entry point Mm -hmm. for this type of novel. It wasn't your standard thriller in that I feel like she was coming at it with some real research that she kind of wanted to investigate. And I did love that comparison between the soldier and the rape victim. Yeah, exactly, Mm -hmm. because you kind of saw how this treatment affected both somebody coming home from war and then somebody kind of overcoming a traumatic incident. Right. Um, So I thought that was was compelling. And, again, kind of original for a thriller (laughs) suspense. You don't often see it based in real research, I guess. Right. Um, So I liked that. Um, And we already have seen that Reese Witherspoon has bought the movie, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Rebecca, you were saying. So I think... I mean, Reese Witherspoon is on her A game, man. She just she, she just buys them. Up. Yeah, she yes. just buys them up. I'm wondering though if she's actually going to make a movie out of some of the because I know she bought Luckiest Girl Alive, which yeah. didn't really do as well as expected. I don't think it did as well as it, they wanted it to. That's another one where we got multiple advanced reader copies mm-hmm. of that book, and I think publishers kind of are anticipating this to have the same kind and if you'll recall our advanced reader copies all came really interestingly packaged i mean we all were kind of like oh yeah let's take this home um because they came in this kind of unique book cover um so the marketing department is doing their job and it'll be interesting to see if a movie actually comes to fruition i actually think i think it might even make there's some things i think that translate better to film even and i think it could make mm -hmm. a better movie even than a book i i would agree with that and i think um one of the interesting things about it is that the narrator really becomes more like the the longer the book goes on, the more he kind of becomes the story. Yes. You know, and so his character becomes more and more distinct. Which I do think in this string of we've talked about many times on the podcast, living in a post gone girl world. Yes. And we are having these, you know, narrators who we can't trust. And this again kind of seems like an unreliable narrator in parts. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I liked that this was a male narrator. I thought that was different than what we've been seeing out of Girl on the Train and Gone Girl Mm -hmm. and all the books to follow. A better male narrator than in Perfect Days. Yes, Yes. that's true. That's true, because that was a male narrator who I think we all kind of abhorred. Um, But I also really liked that this did not change narration. Mm -hmm. You're right that as the book continues, we get deeper into his psyche Mm -hmm. and his character, But it was refreshing, even though I do not mind this at all, but I feel like a lot of thrillers lately have alternated voices. Yes. And it was nice to see that, okay, we can go back to just having one narrator. It still works. Um, I don't know. So that was kind of different than what I've been reading um, out of my suspense novels lately. Mm -hmm. So I did appreciate that. I thought Wendy Walker did a good job. Do you guys remember, is this a debut from her? Yes, I think so. And I can't remember, is she, I, I don't know, is she an attorney? An attorney? Yes, she's okay. an attorney, yeah. I thought so, which so, oh gosh, now I'm going to misspeak, but I thought the author of Defending Jacob was as well, I'm not sure. Um, but I thought she was an attorney, which is why, again, you can kind of see that in some parts, because she's pretty mm-hmm. detailed. Mm-hmm. I, and um, 
a research based, I think, research heavy, yeah. which I live with an attorney and they are definitely research based. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and I think that with all of that, you know, with a different kind of background than most writers and stuff, I kind of like, I gave her a little more leeway with as far as like the writing goes and stuff. Yes. Um, but I guess here's the thing you guys know. The people listening may not. Um, I read a lot of books that deal with, um, this sounds so bad, but girls being sexually assaulted. I just read a lot of these books, and so I know how it's handled in a lot of different ways. Right. Um, and this is the first time that it's been handled like this in all the books I've read. But I will say the only thing I wish about the, about the family was that it was handled... Um, I liked the way the family handled the situation, but it was very similar to me um, in comparison to We Were the Mulvaney's by Joyce Carol Oates. Um, because that's about a family who has a hard time dealing with the rape of their daughter and how certain, t certain aspects of it they're trying to shy away from and mm -hmm. forget about and how it can be kind of unhealthy. Um, and so I do kind of wish that part was a little bit different from, but I, I understand though. That that may just be a realistic. It is realistic. Or, yeah. A so, realistic response. Yeah. Um, let's talk. The book has been out for a couple of weeks. I think we do have to talk a little bit about the ending because for me, the ending changed my initial opinion of this story. Mm -hmm. So readers, listeners, if you want to read All Is Not Forgotten, I think you're hearing that probably worth a read. Mm -hmm. I, yes. I think you know we aren't going to state our final opinion till the end, but I think you can tell, certainly interesting, certainly worth a look, particularly if you are a reader of suspense or thriller type novels. I might even call this a suspense more than a thriller, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I would definitely land it in the psychological suspense category. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're hearing us kind of compare it to some things, Defending Jacob, Sybil, Everything I've Never Told You, uh, what was the Joyce Carol Oates Hunter? We Were the Mulvaney's. We Were the Mulvaney's, Reconstructing Amelia, I think is similar. So those are some similar comp titles for you. Um, I think, though, it's time to delve into our spoiler zone <laughs> yeah. and, and talk a little bit about this ending. So if you're listening, go ahead and turn us off for the next few minutes um, and come back or, you know, check this episode out in a couple of weeks after you've finished All Is Not Forgotten. Spoilers. Let's talk the ending. Um, I, okay, I, I like the fact that, um, for those of you who've already read it, you'll know that the therapist was actually, um, himself raped, right? Wasn't he raped? Mm -hmm. He was yes. raped. And I like the fact that it deals with this from a man's perspective. Yes. Because you don't hear from that. And his own personal issues are kind of dredged up, which I always am curious about in terms of therapists and psychotherapists. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm always wondering, what are you thinking over there? Because you have issues too. And right. do, does hearing somebody else's issues bring up your own? I just had this conversation with one of my friends who is a therapist and she was telling me she has a therapist. Mm -hmm. And so in talking to that therapist, she asked him, well, do you talk to anyone? Mm -hmm. And he goes, no do you think I should? And I was like, wait, the therapist didn't have a therapist? Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna dole it out, you probably need some yourself. Yeah, because yeah. you're probably hearing so many things. Um, so I did, I agree, Hunter. I really liked that. Um, I thought that was really interesting and original and a nice look at men who deal with sexual assault because we don't often hear about that. Yeah. So I did like that aspect. I will say that one thing I was disappointed about was throughout the entire book, 
the therapist does not, at least in his narration, and I know this goes back to we're relying on an unreliable narrator. <laughs> That's what the writer wants us to do. She wants us to see him as unreliable. So he was very clinical in a lot yeah. of his descriptions. Yes. And as I kept reading, they be, to me, it felt creepier and creepier. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I thought, surely he is going to be involved somehow. Mm-hmm. Right. Because this is unsettling. The way he's describing these things is unsettling. Um, he's approaching these things so differently. At one point, you kind of think his son might have had a role mm-hmm. to play in it. Mm-hmm. And all of that, all of that would have been, to me, really interesting. Yeah. I don't even think it would have been like a gimme. You know what I mean? Like I don't think I would have thought felt cheated because I predicted it. Right. I honestly kind of thought that's where the crumbs were leading me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when the crumbs did not lead me there at all, it, I felt kind of cheated. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you guys have seen Scooby-Doo the cartoon and you see <laughs> where it's like, oh, that janitor you saw for two seconds, that is exactly how I felt by the end of it. Yes. 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 Um... Also, I feel like, you know, it comes across with all this altruism to begin with and, oh, Jenny, 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 he just wants to help her and all these people that he just wants to help. And no, that's not true. From the very beginning, he knew who did it and how it happened and that, like, not that he was to blame necessarily, but... Honestly, that right there was obstruction of justice. Just yeah, saying. yeah. Like it was. He was very. He was certainly complicit. Certainly mm-hmm. knowledgeable. I, I think as a reader, I like my foreshadowing to go somewhere. Yeah. And I felt like I've been in this book. I was really into it. Again, Hunter, I agree with you. Not super well written. We're not talking like Lauren Groff National <laughs> <Right>. Book Award. <laughs> but I like a good thriller. We've talked yeah. about this many times on the podcast. Like. I really enjoy a ton of French. I liked William Landay. I'll even read the occasional John Grisham. Like, mm-hmm. I like some of those books. But I want... I don't mind a surprise. Mm-hmm. I don't mind a twist. Mm-hmm. But I want it to be well done. And I want to feel like... You can look back and see. Yes. Yes. I want to be able to look back and see where the twist happened or where well, it occurred. And I thought I could not do that in this book. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I hate to go ahead and bring up a Gone Girl thing, but I'm going to do it. You know, when I reread Gone Girl the first time, I just remember, because I was very surprised by it, but when you go back, it all makes sense. Yeah. It all makes total sense. You're like, how did I not see that from the very beginning? Yeah. I went through this, actually. I went through All Is Not Forgotten, um, like, a couple days after I read it, just to make sure that I wasn't an idiot. Right. And I was like, no, this was just not, the payoff wasn't what it, it just wasn't. I I just... I don't know, and I wonder if this is something we can blame on, like, a debut novelist. Like, she's not written a novel before. Like, she's a lawyer. Like, maybe this is just... It felt like I was reading, 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 and then three-fifths, four-fifths of the way through, she had to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. And she didn't know how to wrap it up, so she was like, let me grab this random character from around the middle of this novel, and let's make him implicit in some way or whatever the word is let's mm-hmm. make him guilty and it just I don't know it felt the ending fell flat for me and I felt like I had really given it my time and energy I was kind of in it and then I don't know I just well there's like this caring. one vague reference to the one person that he got it wrong with yeah you know but it's not like so there's a couple of comments like sort of haphazardly thrown about right but 
there's nothing to indicate that it's going to pop up later. And it removes that. Jenny kind of from the equation entirely. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I didn't really like because that. Because, <laughs> yeah, it wound up really being kind of this random, mm-hmm. well, well, accidentally random thing. I'm sorry, but here's this is a big problem I have about books dealing with rape, is whenever they use rape as like just some, it's like, oh, this is the easy way to tell a story, is to have like this victim, like... You know, because, like, the therapist, like, he... Everything that happens is basically because he was a victim of this. Now he's, like, having problems dealing with it. Right. And I get that, but this could have been handled a little bit better. Yeah. I feel like there was not enough tact in, like, how it was... Certainly not deft. Certainly not subtle. And then yet, in parts, almost too subtle. (laughs) Almost too subtle. (laughs) Um, Because, again, I want the foreshadowing to go somewhere. And Mm -hmm. you're right, Rebecca. There was, like, a little hint somewhere, but it just felt like... I remember, because, you know, you don't really know until the final few pages, and I'm reading, and, you know, you get to that point where you're kind of flipping faster and faster, trying to figure out what happened, and so, like, I'm reading, thinking, okay, it's going to be him, like, it's going to be him, it's not his son, it's him, that's kind of what I just assumed, and it's fine to have a twist where it's not him, where he's just been this clinical therapist, and it's not creepy at all, Mm -hmm. he's just, you know, um, but instead to have it be this random person mm-hmm. from earlier in the novel, it just, yeah. I don't know. But, but see, I still think he was very creepy. I just think he was creepy in a different way than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. yeah. Because he manipulated the entire situation. Yeah. And I mean, you know, a part of his motivation was to help Jenny, but most of it, right. he just wanted somebody to ex- to relate to what he had experienced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is a very base motivation yeah that mm-hmm. yeah he's still creepy hard, like he's, he's still very creepy and so you can't even at the end of it though he's not the villain that you thought he was going to be right. he's still a villain you can't yeah. justify it yeah no that, that's true I don't know I guess I guess I thought and still think this could make a fine movie in mm-hmm. Reese Witherspoon's hands but after finishing I felt like it could be on Lifetime yeah, <laughs> that is how I best know to describe it, and and I don't know. We have talked so many times on this podcast because we've read so many thrillers. Um, I, I don't know if my expectations are just too high. Again, I I stand by what I said at the beginning, which is I think you'll probably enjoy reading this mm-hmm. one. Like I think it's enjoyable. It it just the end fell flat for me. I ex- yeah. I was expecting so much more, and that may be part of my problem. Well, and I will say, I, um, I, re- I, I like to read books um, around the time people die because it gives me more time to think about to think about the book, and like I get really into it. And I was on the way to a funeral in Tennessee, so I had several hours, and um, I was reading this, and I was like, oh yeah, 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 flipping through, and I like flew through the first half of this. Yeah. And I was very much enjoying it, and I could I could let go of the writing after the first couple pages because it was it, it was interesting enough, the characters were interesting enough, and they were they were. They were developed well enough to where I could keep going. Yeah. But it just kind of, everything, several things went against character towards the end for me. Several things just didn't feel authentic enough. Yeah, and Rebecca, I think you kind of talked a little bit about that because we start off where the narrator is strictly a narrator. Mm -hmm. And then about halfway, three quarters of the way through, he becomes part of the story. Right. And that, to me, is where it started to unravel a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I felt like 
okay, this is fine because he's going to be the one. And so you've had me halfway through this book thinking he's just a therapist. And now you're going to have out that he's maybe the rapist. Mm -hmm. And he, because how creepy would it be for you to be providing therapy to your rape victim? Like, like, well, and that would provide the motivation for him to want her to remember. Yeah. You know? Yes. And I, that would have been a very interesting idea. I think that would have been the best. Like I would have really enjoyed well, I'm sorry that I didn't write it for you. Because I, <laughs> well, that's sorry. I feel like that is where my brain went. Mm-hmm. And then when it didn't result in that, it felt like, well, why the change in narration? Like, I was fine with him being this kind of semi-creepy, clinical, let's address your problems or right. let's not get too personal. And then when you start to delve into his personal life and you see his kid, and I don't know, to me it started to unravel a little bit there. Another thing I thought interesting that I'd forgotten up until now was when he talks about his wife not being intelligent yeah. about how he intentionally married someone that yeah. wasn't really all that smart. Like when he, when he like guesstimates her IQ, yeah. I was like, I was so offended. But I that's why that. you want him and to be. Yeah. Right. Cause you're right. He's a villain at the end, but you want him to be more of a villain because mm-hmm. he's so icky through yeah. that. Like yeah. he's so icky that I wanted the payoff to be that he was a murderer mm-hmm. and or a rapist, sorry. And he's going to be sent to prison right. instead. He's, he's just a crappy, practicing. Yeah. He's just yeah. a crappy therapist and he might lose his license. Uh, yeah. You know, like that's all that's well, going to come from it. Well, no, cause nobody finds out. That's right. Like right. he gets off scot free. Like yeah. there's, there's no, and in fact, like, you know, the Kramer family is actually kind of better off at the end yeah. than they were at the beginning. So, Which is also kind of a weird way to go that I wasn't expecting. I, but I don't know. Maybe I, maybe my brain went in a different direction, and then when the author decided to go her direction, it made me mad. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, maybe like, I, maybe I need to let go and like, let her take the book How dare you? How it. dare you write this in a way that I don't Yeah, you know, really that yet. I wasn't thinking. So maybe, I, maybe the problem is me. I love how we always justify we're always like it's not you it's them (laughs) like these authors are terrible yeah maybe it's me that I'm the problem but um yeah I don't know so let's let's go ahead I guess and say Hunter did you love it or loathe it I need a third option I know you do and I cheated last time yeah you know what I'll tell you okay I loved it first half. I really, I started to really love it. But if I'm going to go all over, I, I loathed it. I loved loathing it. Okay. Because <laughs> you, you were glad to have read it. Yes. But you, so what I'm hearing then could be a good book club discussion book for sure. Yes. Rebecca? Um, there, while there were aspects of this book that I did appreciate and some different perspectives, and I do think it was thought provoking, I have to go closer to loathe than love. Okay. Um, because it, it just made me feel too icky. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say um, I am with Hunter in that I loved the first half, loathed the second half. Really, I loved the last bit. <laughs> so I feel like I am. I, I loved. I loved the first half. I loved the second half. I loved reading it. Read it with your book club. Quit copying me. Don't read, don't read it. I wouldn't read it unless you're reading it with a book club. I that's think true. it's a good call. Is that fair? Yeah, because fair. I do think it's a good discussion starter. Because it's a good discussion and, starter. Yeah. Um, and your book club will have fun reading it. And really some important topics. Yes, it's Like true. some really mm-hmm. important topics. You're right, because Hunter, going back to like some male sexual assault, which is really interesting, mm-hmm. um, and then her struggles kind of remembering and do, sh- should we remember? I mean, I think that I mean, alone... the family is secondhand victims. Yeah. You know. So 
So I'm going to lean closer to love it, but love it if you read it with a group. Yes. So that's my final kind of I like it. analysis. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for Thank coming you. on the podcast today. Um, you can find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes or on our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter, at bookshelfteville. We would love to know if you read this one and if you love it or loved it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. <laughs>